The following show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and most major platforms. And now, stay tuned for Rude Oil. Hello and welcome to another edition of Rude Oil with Amr al-Hilal. You know, I started the first couple of episodes on a kind of a heavy note. Political issues, instability, corona, and that sort of thing in Kuwait. For episode three, I wanted to take a walk with you back in time. Let me give you a little bit of a coming-of-age story, a point of reference so that you can compare what it was like in the old days in Kuwait as opposed to the way it is now. And things were very different then. I know we look back with rose-tinted glasses at the way things were. I suppose that's the same everywhere. I mean, probably the early 80s would have been tough for today's uh, young men and women. Uh, No uh, streaming, satellites, Apple TV, no internet, no modern movie theaters. I mean, we had theaters, but they showed basically B-movie schlock. Once in a while, you'd have something, you know, a, a blockbuster maybe, once or twice a year. Theaters were basically antiquated. National Cinema Company, what it was called, then were basically in a decrepit condition and hardly anyone went to movies in the early 80s because everything was pirated and it was on video so people would go to places like the video club and other areas and uh, some of them were such a shoddy quality that they were basically some guy in a camcorder in a theater taping the, uh, the film. And, and that's when you could detect the beginning of censorship as well. Uh, because it wasn't like that in the uh, mid to late 70s when I used to come back on vacation. We had this useless boycott against major American studios and actors such as Paul Newman and Elizabeth Taylor and anyone else who had performed in or supported Israel. Uh, don't forget, Kuwait was a pan-Arabist state. We had a large uh, Arab population. I mean, our plays were pretty vibrant. We had lots of comedies and a lot of them were satirical comedies that uh, poked fun at and uh, spoofed the government or social, economic, and political norms. A lot of that stuff would have been fast forward into the future that would have been edited or censored. Coca-Cola and Ford were not available here in Kuwait because we had this boycott against these companies who, uh, as I mentioned, dealt with Israel. Pepsi was the norm here, alongside 7-Up and Crush, and we drank them from the bottle. Nothing tastes as good as soda from a bottle. Our high schools in those days, uh, I remember my high school, New English school. This is, I'm touching on the demographic aspect of Kuwait in those days, which is completely different than the way it is now. I mean, in those days, a huge chunk of the population in Kuwait were Palestinian, half a million maybe. And they were very active and they treated, I mean, they lived in Kuwait, they worked in most major companies, invested in Kuwait, they spent in Kuwait. Uh, It was like a second home to them. And they were great teachers, great teachers, great technocrats. Education in those days was top-notch. You could literally go from a government school straight to Harvard and Princeton. That's how great our educational system was, our government public educational system was. Now it's in tatters because now they basically go and... uh, recruit from the worst performing uh, Arab state and it's not the same or even even the standard of our local teachers here as well public education is, is really horrible now to the point where people need to go to the private school to get a decent education you know they pay thousands of KDs a year in those days um, people if you were in a private school and I was in a private school I was in new English school people would look at you strangely why are you in a private school in my case because I had English was my first language I was raised abroad so you know that's where I end up in a private school they, they were very 
very few Kuwaitis in my private in my private school. It was mostly British, Europeans, Palestinians. Now it's kind of the opposite. Now it's private schools are full of Kuwaitis, and you don't see any Westerners anymore. I mean, Kuwait was such a vibrant state in those days. I mean, I remember. I mean, I went to the school in in, in Madrid called Runnymede, and Runnymede was a great school. I made a lot of friends in Runnymede uh, from all over the world, and we still talk and and, and remain close. We just had a Zoom meeting, as a matter of fact, a month ago. And uh, when I came to Kuwait, I was shocked to see two of my English teachers who had taught me in Madrid back in New English School in Kuwait. And they looked at me and I looked at them I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, Kuwait was like Dubai of its day. It attracted talent. It attracted Westerners. And now it's different. Now it attracts, you know, with with a few exceptions, not, not the same kind of standard, professional standards uh, that we used to attract in those days. Now everyone rather just works in Qatar or Dubai or Abu Dhabi or so Saudi is booming now and and even Oman Oman and Bahrain are very uh, expat friendly and of course Kuwait in the 60s and 70s and, and 80s was very expat friendly and British friendly as well I mean you could see it in the hotels Christmas dinners New Year's galas it was just great just being here and I could see things were changing in the early 80s you know I, we had this thing in New English school once a year they used to do where called jukebox where uh, boys and girls lip sync to the latest pop songs and they would sometimes rent out theaters in Kuwait in our case Salmia Cinema which was a great single screen theater uh, it's, it was it's, it was rebuilt now but we used to also see movies there in any case once a year we used to go there and uh, we'd have this few nights where people came and lip-synced on uh, on the stage whether it was George Michael or Kajagugu or Bananarama and I could see people started getting excited in the audience and started standing standing up and clapping and trying to but see like a couple of people from the Ministry of Information started walking around the theater telling people to sit down not to get too animated and I could see things were changing because, I mean, five years earlier in the same theater. I remember seeing Moonraker and Roger Moore elevated on top of uh, a girl uh, in, in, uh, while he was making out. That would have been unthinkable early 80s onwards. That's when the scissors started chopping stuff. You could see the advent of that kind of conservatism seep into society. And you could see it on TV. You know, Chips was a big show. They started cutting out. I mean, we used to watch that shows for the uh, for the accidents and crashes and, and all the mayhem. And they started cutting that stuff out. For whatever reason, they probably thought that would encourage young people to go nuts on the streets. The, the one thing, though, that we do have in common now and then is people drive like crap. They drive like crap then, and they drive like crap now. That hasn't improved in any way. You know, it was a great time to grow because you felt zooming down the Gulf Road. And in those days, let's look at the... I mean, we those days we had a population of maybe a million, if not less. This is a combined Kuwaitis and expats. And uh, you, you could go from one side of Kuwait to the other in 10 minutes, 15 minutes max. The streets were not as clogged as they are now. I suppose that's the same everywhere. Uh, but the great thing about those days, while we were like zooming down the Gulf Road, listening to uh, Cool and the Gang or whatever, Shalamar, whatever was big in those days, uh, you know, even the way people flirted on the street. I mean, there was a certain modicum of men weren't very aggressive. You know, maybe they throw numbers, at, throw their numbers at girls' cars, or they'd wave something like that. It was very American graffiti-ish. You know, there was a certain it was under control, as opposed to now, where they're aggressive and there have been cases of people running others off the road and people getting hurt. Unfortunately, in those days, I had a friend in Salmia. One 
one of my best friends, Peter McDonald. His father was the head of, uh, I think, service and maintenance at Kuwait Airways. I still go there now. There's a certain dentist that I visit, dentist building by the by the ocean there. It hasn't changed much. It still looks basically the same. But his house or his building, it was a four-story, five-story building. It was uh, behind the, the first group of uh, buildings on Salmiya, where the Green Island is. I mean, if you've lived in Kuwait, if you know where Kuwait is, then you know where that is. The area where Asnan Tower is right now behind it. I tried looking for it the other day. I couldn't find it. I think they demolished that apartment and they they might have built a, a skyscraper there or something else, but I couldn't find it. I drove around. I couldn't find it. I used to spend a lot of time in Salmiya in those days. We used to go... I mean, our pleasures in those days were pretty simple. I mean, we'd go play squash in uh, Kadma and then after the Kadma, it's a sports club. And then uh, we'd maybe go get a shawarma and a cocktail from Salmiya or... And we went back home. And then we'd rent movies. Wednesdays, I remember... There was a there was a Dairy Queen in Salhia outside. I think the second floor. And man, they had the best burgers. And it wasn't it wasn't very popular then. But I used to go there every Wednesday with Peter and some other friends. And then after that, we'd go check any movie. You know, we'd randomly walk into any movie theater, uh, Andalus Cinema. Uh, I mean, this is a huge theater. I think Boney M played there. Uh, so many big uh, James Brown. But by then, it was in a decrepit condition. It was showing these these B movie, uh, schlocky movies. But we, you know, we used to go to the theater not to not to enjoy the film, just just to to mock the film and laugh. And the worse the film was, or the dumber the film was. The trashier the film was, uh, the more fun we we, we had. Uh, so we'd randomly just do this every Wednesday. And in those days, those days you have to understand, we didn't have full weekends as we do now. Right now in Kuwait, you get uh, Friday and Saturday off. Those days, I think Thursday was half a day. People had to work half a day and then they got Friday off. That's it. Saturday, they were back to work. My high school, we had Thursdays and Fridays off. So Friday night was basically the end of the weekend. Saturday we go back to school, but at least we got a full weekend. We didn't have that many restaurants or food joints or franchises, but the ones we did have, but you know, it's weird when you're young, everything tastes great. I don't know if it's the palate or whatever, but everything seemed fresher. Everything seemed tastier in those days. There was a pizza joint that that was very popular then. It was called Pizza Italia. We used to go there a lot. We used to order something called the Godfather, which was a great pizza. It had everything on it. And uh, you had other, you know, Hardee's. Hardee's was also, they, they had this great chili dog and uh, roast beef sandwiches. There was this restaurant in the Gulf Road, Chichi's, I think it was Mexican. Another restaurant opposite Salhia called uh, Movenpick. People would go there. They'd go there for the breaded, for the schnitzel, or as they call it here, the escalo. Of course, I'm saying the schnitzel, but, you know, people went there to flirt, basically. But it was all very innocent. You, you went there to to see people and to be seen. We also had some great clubs then, the Hunting and Equestrian Club, which was a membership-only club. It was huge in the 70s, and then it eventually petered out in the 80s. But uh, And then the Gazelle Club, which, you know, Nadil Ghazal, we used to call it, which now I think that was the first major club that opened in Kuwait. It was by the ocean, it was by the beach, and uh, that was in maybe 60s, 70s. And eventually they closed that. Very popular spot with Westerners. We had a drive-in theater as well, which is where the 360 Mall is currently right now. And we'd go there and hang out. It was a lot of fun. And then in Salmiya also, we'd go to the Salmiya Sports Club, which is next to the Pearl Merzouk building, where people could swim, dance, learn learn martial arts, just suntan. And uh, See, that's another thing. In those days, everything was very open, very progressive, very liberal, you know. Women wore bikinis, lots of Westerners, completely different than it is right now. Completely different. And then there was something I think called the Kuwait Little Players Theatre. Western uh, theatre groups, uh, they they do plays throughout the years. They would do 
plays in areas I remember there was like an old TV studio behind where Maisel Ghanem is right now in uh, on the Gulf Road that area I mean it was basically run down by then but I remember there was one theater there there was one theater there where they would uh, stage these shows and they were pretty good shows and you had like cricket clubs and you had uh, soccer clubs and rugby clubs and all these things that uh, westerners uh, also locals would would uh, would indulge in. We took very seriously at the time. It was really a great time to, to be a kid growing up. And now things are different. Everything is congested. The demographic is different. It's not as safe as it was before. You could literally, in those days, leave your car on the street with a key and nobody would open the door. Nobody would like I mean, nobody would think of doing such a thing. It's just you didn't have the kind of issues that you deal with now. Like streets were much cleaner in those days. The municipality was much better run than it is now. Everything was clean. You don't see garbage. You didn't see garbage anywhere. Garbage got picked up. Nobody threw anything on the street. It's very rare you saw anything like that. Still, it's the culture. Culture changed. You could see it changing. People changed. Of course, because of lack of congestion, there was hardly any major traffic. You could. We didn't have any emissions laws or regulations, but Kuwait seemed much, much less polluted than it is today. I don't remember seeing any pinkish smog hovering over the city. I don't remember sewage being dumped into the ocean or anything like that. It really was great. But things would change drastically the next couple of years. More so after the break. You are listening to Rude Oil, an honest, reflective look at Kuwaiti life through the eyes of its global citizen host, Amr Hilal. The interesting thing about living in the 1980s as a teenager, was you not just the 1980s, the 1970s, uh, when we were children, the early 90s, was you, you felt Kuwait was developing, you felt things were opening up. You know, an amusement park opened up, a new building opened up, a new center opened up, a new stadium opened up. I mean, you could see things developing. You could You could travel, come back and see something new, as opposed to now where you can just take off for a decade and come back and nothing has changed. If you were to take someone in 1985 and put them in a time machine and transport them to modern-day Kuwait 2021 and they walked out of the time machine, they wouldn't really see any difference. It basically looks the same. And I know lots of my golf friends, you know, they bust my chops, they joke with me. They're like, well, you know, if you want to show our kids what the 1980s were like, we just take them to Kuwait. And at first... It seemed amusing, but now it just seems sad. And everyone is moving forward and we're like stuck in a rut. And of course, in those days, geopolitically, I mean, you're talking about a decade that started off including attacks on our airliners, our emir, embassies in Kuwait. Then you had a tanker war. You had a massive stock market crash in Kuwait that decimated the business sector, and the economy. And it took at least over a decade to sort that out. And you ended the decade with basically the worst thing that could ever happen to anyone or any country, which was basically the invasion and occupation of a country. It seems like everything was hunky-dory and wonderful and positive, but all this stuff was going on in the background, this so dark shroud about to envelop us. Some people blame this stagnancy in Kuwait now to the fact that we got invaded. But that was... I mean, when you look at a country like Japan in World War II and how it recovered, or Germany, it didn't take them 30, 40 years. It didn't take them 50 years. So that's no excuse. 
The reason I took a detour to the 1980s was to highlight what Kuwait was like. Certainly to me as a teenager in those days, it was wonderful to live and to look forward and aspire to a better state, to a better life. Even though we were surrounded by geopolitical events, dangerous geopolitical events, internally and externally, but we still managed to plod through. There was positivity, there was camaraderie between people. It was different than it is now. Now, Albert Einstein has this great quote, which I think is applicable to today's podcast, which is basically, memory is deceptive because it is colored by today's events. And this might be true, my memory of that time is probably colored by today's events, but I had to share it with you anyways. So until next time, take care. This episode of Rude Oil has ended, but make sure you subscribe and rate the show. If you want to leave a voice note, visit www.anchor.fm forward slash Rude Oil.